Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. You are in the gymnasium on this Saturday, the 2nd of December. Hope you're having a great weekend. Lots of sports this weekend. Focusing on some college football. One game in the books last night. We'll talk about that and break down today's games. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to shoot me an email, we'll be right back to kick off the show on Power 90.1. In the heart of Brandon, you'll find your local fine jeweler. That's Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Stop by our new location directly behind our old building at the southeast corner of Robertson and Kings Avenue. Shop Macaulay's Holiday Sale, going on now through Christmas Eve. 25% off all regular priced merchandise, excluding the previous loved case or the 50% off case. Make this year's holiday season extra special. Get to Macaulay Fine Jewelry, where we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from an array of beautiful fine jewelry ready to box and gift wrap. The holiday sale is on now at Macaulay Fine Jewelry, 201 South Kings Avenue in the heart of Brandon. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, college football fans. What a huge day it's going to be today. You have the top four getting ready for the selection committee to plan ahead for the playoffs. So we're going to break down the top four. I tell you what, if you watched that game last night, the Pac-12 championship, you saw uh, a very determined Washington team go out there and beat Oregon, which surprised a lot of teams. Um, I think it's going to be exceedingly likely that we have a playoff with only one conference champion for the first time since 2019. Uh, basically, the three remained, remaining undefeated Power 5 teams control their own playoff fate. So let's look at the different paths of what needs to happen today. And like I said, get ready for a huge day of college football. The score last night was 34-31. Washington won by a field goal. But if you break down the way they have the top four right now, you have number one, Georgia. You have two, Michigan. You have three, Washington. And four, Florida State. We'll talk about a couple others as well. But right now, if you look at the game, of course you have with Georgia. If they win today, being the number one seed, uh, and they're seeking a third straight national title, by the way. If they win, they're definitely in and the number one seed. If they lose, uh, things get a little bit dicey. Alabama and the three other undefeated teams would be ranked ahead of the dogs, most likely, at a minimum. So they would need some you know, chaos to get back to the number four. Now, a number one team going into championship weekend has never lost a spot in the top four, so it's going to be interesting. You know, don't forget, um, you have Texas losing to Oklahoma State and Florida State falling to Louisville. That would send the Longhorns and Seminoles packing, obviously. Uh, and Michigan and Washington would stand as the lone undefeated teams with Alabama, Florida State, and Ohio State as the only other one-loss teams. Now, Georgia would likely be chosen over FSU, unfortunately, if you're a Seminoles fan, and Oklahoma State in that scenario. A Michigan loss would not matter as the Wolverines advance either way 
in that scenario. So that's with Georgia. Now you have Michigan, who is ranked number two right now. Now for Michigan, of course, you know all the chaos with Harbaugh, what's going on over the last uh, several, actually the whole season. Missed the first, I think, three games. He missed the last three games. So I believe he'll be back and uh, cheering his alma mater on today. If the Wolverines win, they are in no worse than the number two seed. Uh, should they lose, however, to Iowa, which I think is unlikely, that's the Big Ten championship game tonight uh, or today, it would still finish above Ohio State and any two lost teams, but nothing else is guaranteed past there. So again, that's not the case for Georgia, uh, which would fall behind Alabama should it lose the SEC title game. So the best case scenario for Michigan with a loss is that Alabama, Oregon, and either Florida State or Texas lose, all right? So those two are now up in the air as far as what happens today. Number three is Washington. And like we stated, Washington got it done um, Saturday night in the Pac-12 championship game. Now they completed a season sweep of number five, Oregon. That was Friday. That was last night. If you happen to watch that game, it was a great game all the way through. Ended about midnight, so you're up late watching it. Um, So they they captured the conference title, and they clinched a spot in the the college football playoff, no doubt. Um, They will end the season most likely no lower than the number three in the college football rankings. Um, and of course, they'll be out Sunday, so everyone's going to be excited to see what happens with them tomorrow. Now, there's an argument to be made that Washington should be ahead of Michigan for number two. The Huskies have played a better schedule and have better wins this season, even if the Wolverines beat number 16 Iowa today. And of course, that's the Big Ten championship game. However, the committee has not been impressed with the Huskies' relatively close wins over the season. Their last nine wins have come by 10 points or less, and Washington's seven one-score victories are the most in uh, the football bowl season this season. So by comparison, if you want to break it down, Michigan is the number one team nationally in scoring margin. So ultimately, if it's unlikely for the committee to make this move if Georgia and Michigan both win their conference titles. So again, Washington is in. Just a matter of where they're going to be. Um, Could be second, could be third. We'll see what happens. Florida State is the fourth-ranked team right now. So for all the Knowles fans out here, if it wins, it's in. We'll keep it simple. If it loses, if we lose, we're out. Uh, It's as simple as that. The Knowles would uh, be the lowest-rated one-loss team and could conceivably end up behind a two-loss team. If you look at, now if Alabama loses, they'll probably be behind them. So this is more because of the quality of their losses and overall schedule in the ACC, uh, which did not include the next three best teams in the ACC. And don't forget, they lost Jordan Travis. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to be looked at that by the committee. It may be something that they they let pass because in previous years, if you remember way back, they allowed Ohio State to be able to go in there and get into the top four playoff scenario when their quarterback got injured. So those are the top four teams right now. Um, 
like I said, you have Georgia is one, Michigan at two, Washington at three, Florida State at four. So if those teams win, they're in. What happens now for the rest of them? You had Oregon, which is eliminated, by the way. With the loss last night to Washington, they're done. So we can cross them off the schedule, make it a little bit less confusing. Now you have number six, Ohio State. Now the Buckeyes are in the same position as last year, 11-1 and and done playing. And guess who beat them last year, all right? The difference this season is that they have a lot more competition for a spot in the playoff. At a minimum, we're talking Michigan and the Pac-12 champion is going to finish ahead of Ohio State. So it can back in, but it's going to need a lot of help, including wins by Georgia and Washington, which they got last night, and losses by Florida State and Texas. So that would leave just three teams ahead of Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Washington. So that's what Ohio State needs to do to uh, kind of back into the picture there. Now you have Texas. Texas, win or go home. They need to win. But Texas still needs help. The Longhorns have the advantage of a head-to-head road win, if you remember, over Alabama. The best win any team has this season. So if they beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game, that should jump Texas ahead of Ohio State and Oregon. Then if a loss by Georgia, Michigan, or Florida State should happen, that could conceivably move Texas to fourth. So if you're a Texas fan, you have to hope that one of those three teams lose, either Florida State, Michigan, or Georgia. That's what you guys have to do today. And of course, you have Alabama. Right now, they're eighth in the poll, but um, we talked about what the Crimson Tide needs to do. They need to win, obviously. And if they win, you know, they still have to move up four spots to get into the rankings to be in the top four. So if they beat Georgia, that would take care of three spots. So Alabama would go past um, the Bulldogs, the Ducks, and Ohio State. A loss then by Texas, Florida State, or Michigan would be required to get the tie to number four. So don't forget, we're Saban there. He's, he's got a lot of uh, pull, I think, with the committee, believe it or not. I, I don't think people like to say that, but he does. And, and I think that if you look at um, what has to happen today? A lot of a lot of things. Some of the teams, like I said, win, win and go in, and or other teams win and wait. Uh, Florida State. I, people say Florida State's in if it wins, and out if it loses. They could possibly win, in my opinion, and maybe not be in if. Uh, Alabama wins and there's a couple other losses. So we'll see what happens. We'd love to hear what you think the top four teams should be going in there. Um, I think that if you look at the season this year, some people say that uh, this is the last year for the college football playoff system the way we know it with four teams. Because as you know, next year, in 2024 they're going to a 12 team playoff and by the way the AAC champion is going to be one of those teams um, that is going to be in that 12 team playoff so that could be exciting for teams like USF who had a great season Um, you know and I think that if you look at um, what USF has to do they'll probably I'm hoping they're going to be in the 
Gasparilla Bowl, and I hope they're going to be playing um, UCF. I think that would be a great matchup. Um, again, all the championship games, a big game is uh, January 8th for the winner of the semifinals, uh, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Um, right now, if you looked at the top four like we just broke down, the matchup would be Georgia versus Florida State in one of them. That would be at the Sugar Bowl. And you would have Michigan versus Washington in the uh, Rose Bowl semifinal. That would be the first game that day. Looking at some of the other games, like I said, this is as of right now. It could change. Uh, you have Alabama, who we talked about being eighth. It looks as though they would be in the Cotton Bowl against Oregon, which may be one of the best games of all of them if it stays that way. That would be on the um, the 29th of December. You would also have Penn State playing Missouri in the Peach Bowl. You would have Ohio State and Louisville playing in the Orange Bowl and then Texas against um, Tulane. That would be in the Fiesta Bowl. So um, some of the other ones that might be noteworthy for people in the area, uh, you would probably, let me see here. Uh, like we talked about Florida State already. We talked about South Florida. Yeah, you know, as much as I want to see him play UCF, they might be going to the uh, Boca Raton Bowl against um, Marshall. Nothing's written in stone yet, but that could happen. So either way, it's going to be a great day of football today. We'd like to know your thoughts on who you think the top four teams are. Now, sometimes record indicates who the top four teams are. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the way teams are playing right now uh, puts some more uh, strength into the top four. For example, Washington, should they be there? Yeah, I would think so. Florida State, are they playing well? They're undefeated. You have to give them the nod right now. Should Georgia win? What do you do with a team like Alabama? I think Alabama is playing the best um, of any of them right now. Will they beat Georgia today? I'm not sure, but it's possible. And if they do, of course, they throw a monkey wrench into all the things. So, again, JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you think is uh, the top four should be and for what reason. And we'll get it on the show. We'll be right back to keep it going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels. You might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-390-5160 That's 800-390-5160. Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. How about those bucks? Another week, another loss. We couldn't get the job done against Indianapolis. We lost that game 27-20. We had some chances. I thought the offense played decent. I thought the 
Defense played decent, but we're just not capitalizing on opportunities that we have. The team looks flat to me. I am still trying to find out who the leader or leaders are on this team. You know, is there a, you know, Rondé Barber out there? Is there a Derek Brooks? Is there a Warren Sapp? Is there someone that can grab this team, get this team's attention, whether it be by the way they play on the field? in the locker room, off the field, something to get some life into this team. It seems as though they're sputtering. They do okay for a while. All of a sudden, there are some undisciplined plays. You see some penalties at key times that, that kill us, that kill a drive, unable to sustain it and move the chains. A lot of times you'll see coaching plays or a lack of coaching plays and calls. Timeouts, no, Todd Bowles and his staff, he will not call a timeout. His time management, I think, is one of the worst in the league. Um, I'm not sure why he thinks that it's important to save timeouts. More times than not, you go and look. How many timeouts does he take into the locker room at halftime? A lot of times he has all three of them left. He doesn't make any changes. The good teams go out there and they make changes to the game plan. They go out there, they adjust. They see what's going on. They analyze the play of the other team. They analyze what the team's trying to do. And it may not fit into our game plan. So what the good coaches do in this league is that somewhere during the first half, and if not by the first half, definitely by halftime, is that they'll make changes and adjust what they're doing. We don't do that. I I am not sure why we insist on playing that soft now, zone with the D-backs 15-plus yards back, they're going to pick up first downs left and right when you do that. I know we're banged up on defense a little bit, but come on, guys. You have to go out there and mix things up. If you're the offensive coordinator, you know, Canales, I, I think, you know, first year, I, I think he's doing a decent job. I, I can't say he's not with um, some of the issues that he has with the – uh, you know, not being able to run the ball. And, and again, the offensive line seems to be coming together for the most part. We're, we're pretty good uh, given Mayfield protection. Speaking of Mayfield, he is going to play this week. You know, we had that injury to his leg. I think it was his ankle. But the MRI came out negative and everything is fine. Uh, definitely sore. And we're going to see if it cuts down on his ability to play. His mobility is something that makes him um, the threat to the defense when he's out there. Now, if he's not able to run at all and move, then, you know, we go to plan B. What's plan B? Is it is it pass the ball more? Does he have to throw 45, 50 times to be able to go ahead and, and beat the Panthers? Um, I, I don't know. I think that right now what he needs to do is go out there, test it, see what the game plan is, get the ball to the key players, get the ball to the... Now, when you're four and seven, how many key players do you have? Well, you've won four times out of 11 tries. 
Yes, Baker Mayfield, that the team is going to do as well as the coaching goes and as far as the quarterback goes. Week in and week out, those are the two things. The play calling, the adjustments that are made, and the quarterback is the person that gets the ball on every play. So he has to be on top of his game. And, you know, although I give Mayfield credit, I think he's given 110% out there every week. Uh, you know, you will see some errant throws once in a while, um, maybe throw it away, maybe hold on to it a little bit too long, a, a bad pass, throw in the coverage. But for the most part, I think we're not losing the games because of Mayfield. Now, if you want to make an argument, are we winning games because of Mayfield? That's something that's open for discussion. Um, but he's not the reason why we're four and seven and losing games. Could he play better? Yes. We need to Rashad White. He needs to be able to step up and, and play well. Um, you know, yeah, he's got almost 600 yards of rushing this year. You got to get the ball to the players that are going to be able to make the plays, i.e. a Mike Evans, i.e. a Godwin. Now, Evans has what, nine touchdowns this year already. Now, he's having a good year. Now, he's someone who's in a contract year. So he's out there. If you notice, he's not really all that um, open to the press. He's not really talking a lot, not taking a lot of interviews. He's focusing on what he needs to do on the field to be able to go out there and get that that contract uh, for next year. So you can't blame him for that. Uh, he's out there. He is having um, he's, he's having a good year. He's, you know, 54 receptions, uh, 850 yards, averaging 15 yards a game, nine touchdowns, like I said. So, you know, the, unfortunately, people tend to remember the drop pass for a touchdown or maybe a couple untimely completions. But when that happens, that, that's just the way that, you know, the game of football goes. You pick yourself up and you get ready for the next game. And, you know, Evans has always been professional about that. And he does go out there and, and, you know, make the plays when it seems as though the team tries to give him the ball. Chris Godwin, again, um, 53 receptions. So just about the same as Mike. Um, Target's about the same. 82 for him. 91 for Evans. 606 yards for him. Only one touchdown. I would like to see them try to get the ball to Godwin in the red zone when they get there. It's more times than not, they try to run the ball, force the ball with you know, Rashad White, maybe give it to Devin Tompkins or um, you know, Edmonds or Vaughn. But for the most part, when you're down there, Godwin, I, I think, has the best hands of anyone on the team. And more times than not, if you look and there's a big play, uh, Mayfield doesn't hesitate to look for Godwin, sometimes even first, if the play breaks down. You now, Kate Otten, uh, playing pretty well as a tight end there. He's got three touchdowns for the season. Uh, I think they should utilize him more. I think we should really utilize Rashad White coming out of the backfield with pats in the flat. I think that we should utilize Kate Otten going across the middle more as a tight end. Now, a lot of these, t- the run, we can't run outside because we can't, no, Otten's not a great blocking tight end um, but we need to be able to utilize the, the, the talent that we have. When you figure out the talent that you have, then it's up to Bowles and Canales to figure out 
what plays to call. I think that if you look at the play calling this year, we should go to the hurry up offense more. There's no reason why we don't go out there and go to a no huddle offense, speed it up. There's, it seems as though, again, there is no urgency with this team. And that goes from not a vocal leader out there because you take the personality, you take on the personality of your coach ultimately. And Todd Ball stands there with his arms crossed for three quarters of the game and there is zero emotion and again it's not anything personal that's just the way he is and basically I will say that for my observing him for both when he was the head coach of the Jets and now I think he's a I think the players like him they like him because he doesn't call them out which I don't think is a good thing right now I think the team needs to be called out when things don't go the way they should be uh, i.e. Devin White um, and some other people. I also think that right now you need a coach that's going to go out there and be a little creative. So his game plan, sometimes he's going for it on fourth and seven and then punting it you know, fourth and a half of a yard in some situations will be in the same place on the field, which is mind-boggling to me. Clock management, we seem to lose at least a minute and a half out of each game because when it comes down to the end, the way he utilizes the clock, the timeouts, and everything else, you know, challenges. Why why wasn't that play challenged last week against Indy? For the life of me, I can't figure that one out either. So um, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be around. You hear talk of... You know, Belichick being a candidate to come down here. I hope that's not the situation. I don't like the way Belichick runs his programs. Yeah, he gets some wins, gets the most out of players, but I um, I think he's one of those coaches that has had a great career but needs to go into the sunset. If not right now, then uh, possibly the end of his contract. Not quite sure what Kraft is going to do up there with him after this season because they've been... Um, having a terrible couple of years. Again, you have to have the players. Ever since Brady left the the Patriots, what have they done? No, you have to have the players in any sport, whether it's you know, football, basketball, baseball. If you don't have the horses, you're not going to win the, the race. So your thoughts, JimmyBSports.com. Take a quick break. Come back. Break down some games for you. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling, serving Valrico and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, Fire and Ice will give you an honest estimate on any repairs you might need. Also specializing in new installs, using the industry's highest quality parts and equipment. Don't fall for service time gimmicks that end up sticking you with an overpriced repair bill. Over 25 years of experience dedicated in providing exceptional services. When you don't want service with a guest, call the best. Fire and Ice Heating and Cooling. Call 863-797-7096. That's 863-797-7096. 7096 or online at fireandiceair.com. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, NFL fans. We talked about the Bucks. Let's see what other games we have this week that are worth talking about. Of course, the big one 
is the rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Yes, I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, looking at that line, I'll tell you, it keeps on going back and forth. It started as one-point favorite for Philly. Now that's moved, and I think it may move some more. So that is going to be, if you remember in the championship game last year, Brock Purdy got hurt, and Philly went on to win that game and move on to the Super Bowl. So that is a uh, 4 o'clock game. That's going to be a the best one to watch for the day. You have uh, Indianapolis. And you have a couple other games. If you look, it started this past Thursday when Dallas was hosting the Seahawks. Dallas won that one. They were able to hold on. Did Dallas do what they have to do to, um, you know, to show that they're a playoff team? Yeah, you know what? They'll go as far as Dak Prescott takes them. Uh, sometimes he plays well. Other times he doesn't. Their defense bails him out a lot of times. So um, I guess he just needs to keep on doing what he's doing and not make the mistakes. You also have Kansas City going to visit Green Bay. That will be the first time that Mahomes is at Lambeau Field. And then the last game will be uh, Cincinnati Bengals with Jacksonville Jags on Monday night. So that should be a pretty good game as well. Earlier, you know, you have Indianapolis against Tennessee. Um, you know, Vrabel is 12-6 and six in games like this. Um, I think the Colts are favored, and I think the Colts are going to win this one. You have the Patriots, and you have the Chargers. The Chargers, though, they're tough. They're having a tough year this year. They're playing the Patriots. I, I think that if you look at what's going on, the, the, the Chargers have a tough time winning any close games this year, but they are playing the Patriots, and that's a good way to fix a lot of ills. So I think that the Chargers are going to come away with a win. Detroit Lions it's at the Saints. I mean, this is a game that... Uh, it's it's going to be pretty close, I believe. I, I like the over in this one, which is at 46 and a half right now. Um, the Lions, if you, you know, like to put a few shekels on the game, they've covered five straight games after a loss, so they may be the way to go in this game. The Falcons at the Jets. The Jets are uh, two-point favorites in this game. You now the Jets are one of those teams, they're just like the... Just like the Bucks, just like the Saints in that NFC South division, you never know what's going to happen. They haven't found a way to win when they need to win. So not quite sure what's going to happen with that game. Um, you have Arizona playing at Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh as a six-point uh, favorite at home against Arizona. I don't have much faith in Kyler Murray against Pittsburgh's defense. I look for Kenny Pickett to have a good game, and I think that the Steelers come out ahead in this one. Um, yeah, the Miami Dolphins against Washington. That's at FedEx Field in, in Washington. Now, I think the Dolphins are you know, the, the, a better team than Washington. And they seem to do well when they need to against the weaker teams, which, again, Washington is one of the weaker teams. So I look for Miami to win this one. Denver at Houston. Uh, Houston's a three-point favorite in this one. Russell Wilson seems to play good as an underdog. Uh, this may be a game that you want to go with Denver in this one, and probably the under as well. You have Cleveland and the Rams. They're at Los Angeles. 
Uh, Cleveland's tough. I'll tell you what. As far as the number of points, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, probably under 40. Uh, I, I think that this is a team that, um, under Stefanski, they're, they're playing well. They're going to probably be a playoff team, and this gives them one more chance to go on the road and show what they have. Uh, talking about the San Fran Eagles game, we touched on it earlier. This is a chance. Um, Jalen Hurts goes out there and, you know, he's the, I would say, the favorite for the MVP this year. You have Dak Prescott, people are talking about, well, they'll have his chance when he plays Philly again. I think that when you're playing at Philly, it's always tough to win. Um, you know, I've seen lines right now where San Fran is the favorite, and, you know, that might be. There's going to be a lot of hard-hitting plays in this game. It'll be one of the better games to watch. Um, and I think Philly at home, it's tough, tough, tough to go against Philly at home. So I'm going to take them in a probably end-of-the-game field goal by somebody. Uh, Kansas City, Green Bay, like we mentioned, the first time Mahomes is out there in Green Bay. Uh, we'll see what happens as uh, underdogs, which Green Bay is going to be. Under Matt LaFleur, they seem to do pretty well. Uh, Andy Reid is 0-6 in his last six games against the Packers, including the playoffs. And I think that if you look at this one, I think that Green Bay may um, cover that spread and have a chance to uh, pull it out at the end. You have Jacksonville playing Cincinnati on Monday night. Um, the Jags are 8-3 and three against the spread this week. Right now, the line is 8.5. Jacksonville's favored. Again, if you remember, Burrow is out for Cincinnati. Um, you know, home favorites. Well, the last seven points are 12-21 and 21 on Monday Night Football. So remember that when you're you know, placing your wager. Anything else, guys, let me know. JimmyBSports.com. We talked about the Bucks. Today's a huge day for college football. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the Bucks or the Knowles, what they need to do, uh, let me know. JimmyBSports.com. Like I said, um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Thank you for your input. Now, we have some of the most intelligent fans around here. Um, you know, your questions, your emails, your texts all seem to be uh, pointing in the direction of what needs to be done next to right the ship at one buck place so uh, let me know stay vigilant stay safe above all stay positive and we'll talk to you next week in the gymnasium on power 90.1 people